0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Brunson Podcast. This one's a little bit different. Um, this is one that's maybe a little more on the... This will be a little bit more out of place for, for what I normally publish. Um, the, the reason, so I'll give you some, some context to why I'm publishing this episode. Um, this, this, whole, this whole episode is about my religious beliefs. And the reason, I, I normally wouldn't even bother talking about it because it's something that's generally pretty private to me. Um, and what I, you know, what I believe the problem that I found though, was that there was, this is kind of strange. Cause I'm like, I mean, like a, I'm not even well known. Maybe you could say, but there was a lot of misinformation that went around about what I believed and, uh, on just all over, all over the map. And what, what bothered me is I found out that p- some people had been using my name to back their religious beliefs <clears throat> and to give themselves credibility. And that, that actually kind of bothered me a little bit. So and especially where some of it was not true. Um, <clears throat> they had assumptions about my belief or they'd heard fragments um, about different things that I believed and they used that to kind of um, back different parts of what they believed. Now, so my, my background is I come from a really strong LDS culture. Um, and when people say that often, you're like, oh, that's cool, yes, you, go, you just go to church occasionally. And like, I'm talking every week my family went to church, every single week growing up. Uh, we, we were very, very um, devout, a very devout family. Um, almost as much as you could ever find, and um, my background has been interesting because being raised in that, and then as well being raised in Idaho, which if any of you are from Idaho or Utah, you know a lot about the the strong LDS religious culture. So I mean, and, and my faith growing up was um, you might call Mormons or LDS or Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. Um, I served an LDS mission in Russia, and that was a a very positive, um, experience for the most part. It was, it was pretty hard, but, um, overall, I'd say that it really helped me become who I am today. Um, a pretty good chunk of who I am today is, is from that two year experience. So here's kind of the, here's kind of the journey. And I, I'm not going to share everything because if you want to know all the details, you can call me, (laughs) um, and you can ask me, but I want to share this because I just want the record set straight, and I want those that have maybe gone through some things that I've gone through to feel not as alone as I did. And so, this is kind of a maybe here it goes uh, type of type of podcast. But um, all I ask is that people be respectful of what I choose to believe. And um, so far, I've had mostly that. I, um, but there's there's been a mix. So pretty much when I got back from my latest mission, I. I began down a path of a lot of study. I'm a big time truth seeker and if anyone that you've even listened to my podcast remotely you already know that that for me I don't care how ugly the truth is, I just want it. Um, I don't I don't care if it's not convenient, I don't care if it's um, hard to get to. I want I don't want to be I don't want to live more or less a lie, you might say, or I don't want to live in a in a fantasy land of things that aren't true. So that led me down a path of a lot of study and you mix that with some of the inadequacies that I felt um the religion the LDS religion is very, very um let's just say there's a very strong culture and a very strong desire for most members to feel um to or to, to behave like in a very, very strict way. And there's kind of almost this this um culture that revolves around The more devout you are almost the more holy you are right and so it becomes a big focus for a lot of members of my church to to want to live their absolute best life and i didn't feel like i was doing that right i felt like i had so many shortcomings and so many weaknesses and so many things wrong with my character and i and i I even began to point where i was i'd go to church every sunday right i mean and i don't think i missed a single sunday and except when i was sick i mean probably almost ever i'm not not exaggerating about i don't think i ever missed a sunday Except when I was sick, probably in my life up until I was 22 or 23. Um, and I, I hit this point where I started to feel almost just kind of like a guilt when I go to church. <laughs> I'd, I'd go and I'd sit down and listen to these talks, and I'd just be like, man, that's just, I'm just so far away from anything of where I'm supposed to be. And I just felt so much guilt for, I mean, a lot of mistakes that I was making, a lot of bad habits that I had. And I think it really wore me down quite a bit. Um, at a certain point, I, I think I kind of hungered for an escape from that pain, and and that maybe that weight. Anyways, that led me to some some information about some history about the LDS Church I, I wasn't aware of at the time, and I got into that a little bit. And honestly, I was it didn't do much for me, which is funny because a lot of people. It, I mean, you'll if if you're LDS, you know at least one person that studied a lot of history and and from their interpretation it just really um upset them from things that they learned about um, lds history and for me i i studied it and i was kind of like that's a little interesting i don't know that doesn't make sense that makes sense and some of the things actually really bothered me but overall i think well, I should say within about a year, About the beginning of that year, I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I really think this is what it claims to be, right? And so that kind of put a bit of a, uh, planted the seed in my heart that this is probably not what I thought it was. And then piece by piece, I started learning more about it. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't really feel so good about that. Um, and probably within a year of, I, I guess maybe I was maybe 22 or so. And I just really was pretty disenchanted and I was kind of done with it emotionally. Um, And there's a whole story behind that. And it's really not worth my time to catalog everything that I went through and every little moment, because it was actually kind of a roller coaster. I was like, okay, I believe this. Okay, I don't believe this. Okay, I believe this. Okay, I don't believe this. And it was just, I mean, it was almost like day by day sometimes. It was just kind of depended on what information I had at me. depends on uh, how guilty I was feeling that day, maybe Um, a lot of different factors. And so now in the culture as well is, you have to understand from my background, I come from like, this this family that is extremely devout extremely extremely devout. i mean generations up, very devout and there was a lot of concern about uh why don't people are am i going to get disowned (laughs) if i don't believe this and and I, i and maybe that seems irrational some people other people it seems totally rational or like even they would totally understand that but when you come from a strong culture and then to abandon that culture often there is some pretty strong repercussions in your social circles and I went through a really lonely period where I was just like, I don't really believe this. And a mix of, I'd say people kind of, I wouldn't say a lot of people pushed me out of their life. They just didn't know how to act around me anymore. And I, I was pretty distant with just about everybody. Um, almost everybody that I that I was close with, I kind of put a bit of a barrier there. Um, and people that knew that I didn't really believe in the LDS faith anymore kind of didn't know how to, you know, like, Do I talk about it with them? Do I not talk about it with them? And it was a bit of an a interesting ride. I uh, um, I also totally lost my faith in God generally. And I studied a lot about Freud. And then really what really what I started to believe was not so much like... I mean, I, I was different. Everyone's got their own little path. And I, I don't really... I just don't... I don't have any judgment for anyone that... Whatever they believe. I And I mean that quite sincerely. I really don't. Um, for me, though, I studied a lot about Freud and a lot about philosophy and Eastern philosophy. And I just thought... Man, I thought this religion was super unique, and here I'm finding out that every religion has a lot. You know, I guess a lot of the same elements that was in, that wasn't my faith, and and that was very much disenchanting for me was to realize that our the LDS faith was not as as unique as I thought it was in a lot of ways, um, and that was something I was taught always growing up was oh man this 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 is totally different than anything else out there, and we've got miracles and we've got Um, anecdotal experiences about these great things that have happened and and deep deep religious conviction where people will die for this and even though historically i'd kind of heard about the stuff i didn't really understand that i started studying other people's religions and i realized that it was actually pretty common to have people that would die for their faith it was actually pretty common to have people that had seen or heard or felt incredible things and at the time i really didn't believe that's part of what made my religion unique was all these different miracles and experiences um So here's kind of what I think happened Um, in in my perspective, like studying my own psychology. I really adopted the, the Eastern philosophy and I really just found so much light in it. I mean, I did. I found so much incredible goodness in there that was totally, from my perspective, non-existent in the LDS faith. I was like, man, why don't we teach this? Why don't we talk about this? I found that there was, and again, my perspective was so unique and so other people might be like, I was in the same church building you were and I never had the same experience, but we filter, you know, I love the quote that we see the world as we are, not as the world is. And I was seeing the world as I was. I was seeing the world through my lens of experiences, through my guilt, through my pain, through my devotion, through my desire to, to serve God in any way that I could at the time, you know, and and um, I'll share with you a, f- a few experiences that uh, this kind of goes back to the, the, the two main reasons that I'm recording this podcast is number one, to set the record straight, because just for the sake of not having anyone misunderstand what i believe and then two i want people who are going through maybe a similar experience to understand why i believe what i believe so i'm going to share an experience where at this time i i was i wouldn't call myself an atheist because that would mean that i i sincerely believed there was no god i would say I was more agnostic and that i just really didn't i was just like there's probably not a god i mean there could be maybe but there's probably not i mean look at the evidence, look at, you know, look at this huge scientific community that firmly does not believe in God. And I just, I was basing a lot of my opinion on the concept that we create God in our own mind because we're, we're afraid to be alone. Um, and that was, I was like, yeah, we just, the second we become adults, we don't have parents anymore. So we create we create new parents and that's why adults believe in God. And that was really kind of my belief, which is, I later kind of found it was Freud's belief. Um, and then started reading different books on it, and articles and different things. And just overall, it wasn't so much like, uh, some people have made the assumption that it was because of the LDS church history is the reason I was like, no, nah, I don't believe this. But the reality was it was more about philosophy, um, Eastern philosophy, and and psychology was the biggest reason that I decided it wasn't for me. And then I had an experience. I was I was out hiking with a friend, and it was a gnarly hike up in the Tetons, and um, <laughs> all backcountry, no no trails. It was just bushwhacking it the whole time. I want to say it's eight or nine miles up. And I mean, I don't remember a, a few thousand feet of elevation gain and it's steep. I mean, it was rigorous and I'm, I do a lot of long distance running and a lot of hiking and I'll tell you what, it kicked me pretty bad. And on top of that, I, I ran out of water about halfway through, we, we, we passed the last stream and I didn't realize we were going to be another four or five hours with no water. So we, you know, I mean, this, this friend of mine, we only had a little bit of water left and had to last us. So anyways, I was super dehydrated and just really like pretty grumpy and not having a good day. We get up to the top of this camp and it's just kind of a little bit, beautiful not at the same time. It was all rocky with patches of trees, but the beauty in it was just this amazing view. You can see the Tetons right next to you and then you can see all these enormous mountains. Um, and as I was kind of sitting there and reflecting, the sun began to go down and I walked over and I just sat down on this rock and I watched the sun begin to set. And it was the most entrancing, incredible experience ever. And I, I really, to this day, can't really describe what went through my mind. Part of it was I had such a bad day to start off with and then to have this beautiful, exquisite view. And everyone knows that like climbs a lot. When you get to the top of a the mountain, there's a euphoric feeling that comes from that sense of accomplishment. Anyway, so as I'm watching the sunset happen, I just see these vibrant colors and and then from my dis- from the distance i can see several cities um i can see rexburg off in the distance i can see idaho falls off in the distance i can see just i mean I, I mean i really had about 1 quarter of the whole state of idaho in my view and i could see all these cities all around me and and i saw these little cars driving and i just thought man those people you know there's someone in that car and and they're just driving and they're totally oblivious to I don't know, some person up here, and I just felt like a speck in the universe at that moment. And it was an odd feeling to feel like a speck in the universe. And and then I had this thought hit me and it was it was so profound and so unexpected. And yes, there's probably a lot of ways you can explain this, this through some kind of psychology lens. But for me, I know my own mind and I know when things happen serendipitously or when things are coincidence or when they're not coincidence. I know when I create things in my own mind. At least I think I do right maybe we all assume that we actually understand what's going on and we don't but in my mind I know when I produce my own i mean, you might even call it a hallucination right this was not that for me and I had is almost like it was just the strongest feeling that there was someone out there that was that was aware of me and they knew my name and they were aware of what was going on in my life and I should back up a little bit if you spent your whole life believing in God and then one day decide there is no God, I can I can sum up in just a couple small experiences. There was one time I'm driving and I I had a scary moment and instantly right out of habit I just start praying God please help me, and then this hollow it was like a hollow echo chamber you know, and it's like that voice like that sound almost echoed back in my mind. It's like there's no one listening to you. Like wh- what are you what are you what are you praying to? And that was one of the most horrible feelings I've ever experienced, right? But I didn't want to believe in God again because I was afraid. I did not want to believe in God because I thought that I was just too afraid to be alone. And and I didn't trust why I believed in God. I was like, I was raised this way. It was it was literally my earliest memories. We we talked about stories about Jesus. Like that was literally my earliest some of my earliest memories. I'd go to church every Sunday, so I didn't even trust my own mind and my own instincts. And that's part of why I pushed God so far out of my life. Um, but then this moment, up back up on, or then, excuse me, another moment that happened as well. That was probably one of the darkest moments of my life was just laying down about to go to sleep. And right before I go to sleep, I often used to offer a prayer of thanks for the good things in my life. And I kind of, I don't, and I kind of just reflect on a certain sense of peace. And as I'm sitting there, like about to go to sleep, I just had this horrible hollow feeling that I was completely alone and that my life meant nothing. Not so much that I didn't I couldn't serve a good purpose, but that I could die today and it would mean it would just be a vanish into into nothingness. My my existence would be snuffed out. And so for for months and months I'd been experiencing those kind of feelings of just very much a loneliness, very much um a desire to want to find truth and peace. And I kept on finding it in small places in, in different ways. But I, I was really having trouble connecting with anything substantial. And again, I, I didn't want to believe in it for the sake of believing it. I didn't want to just run to it because I was afraid or scared. I didn't want to run to it because I was lonely. I said, I, I don't care what the truth is. I, I want it in its purest form, even if it's ugly. And at the time I was like, this is my life. I am alone and I have to accept that. There is no one that's gonna come running to my call when I pray, that's just reality. And it was a hard pill to swallow, but eventually I kind of got over it. Anyways, so I'm up on this mountain going fast forwarding back to this experience. And as i'm on top of this mountain and i'm just looking over this exquisite sunset i'm talking i mean it just starts off on this bright you know yellows and pinks and then fades down to these darker reds and oranges and there's blue up there in the distance and i'm talking this on top of mountain you can see you know kind of i'd lean my head all the way back and it was it would go from (laughs) this is the coolest thing to me it would go from these bright vivid colors and it would fade out to a blue blue and then dark blue and then it was black and the stars were coming out behind me right so it's this whole spectrum of colors and it was like two different worlds blending, right? The sun on one side, the moon on the other, and these stars. And it, it really was a spectacular scene. I mean, it's something you can't catch on camera. It's something that you couldn't possibly even describe right. But if you've ever experienced that before, it's it's unlike anything you've ever seen. And um so at this time I I had this strong feeling just hit me. I mean it was just like it was like something was like punched me in the chest. And it was totally unexpected. It wasn't something I think I was asking for or looking for. But it happened, and it was this—it was this feeling that that there was a being out there that was keenly aware of who I was, what my name was, what I was experiencing, everything. So with that, I had a radical shift, and <laughs> everything. I mean, it was like it, it rocked my whole world, right? Because I'd really found peace without God, and I just started sobbing. I mean, just crying. And my buddy's there, and he's looking at me funny, like, "What on earth is going on, with this kid?" Because I'm just like, ah, like crying, and I'm like, I mean, I, I couldn't stop. Because I'd never, I had never felt that level of love before in my memory. I'd never had experienced that level of love before. And I know, and, and, I, and, and I know, and again, I'm not here to prove anything to anybody. I know, I know that there's like this. Okay, but you know, you were hurting, you were lonely, you created this experience. I don't care if anyone believes me or not. I know when I create an experience and when I don't. That was not that. So I'm either psychopathic and I literally hallucinate, or that was a real experience, and that's my only two options at this point because that was not something i gently created or it was just like i'm choo- i want to kind of like like reaching for a feeling that that wasn't there that wasn't this it was unexpected and it hit me like a Mack truck in the chest <laughs> and from that point i've never questioned the existence of god no but for a long time i thought i don't know what god is i, I mean it definitely didn't make me believe in in the lds faith it was just like Okay, there's definitely a God. There's definitely something out there and I don't know if if it's even God, right? It's just there's someone out there that was keenly aware of me and I, I felt it almost like like when you can sense someone's presence when they walk in the room and maybe that's unique to me but sometimes you can feel when there's a person in the room with you and it was a feeling like that. Uh, a keen sense of an individual that, and in love that I, I can't really describe. um, And then fast forwarding through this, I I really kind of found peace for quite a while with this this middle ground. I'm like, okay, Here's what's going to happen. I, I personally am opposed to drinking and smoking and, and drugs, premarital sex, all of it, which is the LDS faith. That's how I was raised. I never saw a reason to change that. I never saw a reason that made sense to uh, shift my values. I thought about it a lot. Um, There's some great benefits, I've been told, to drinking wine once a day. But for me, it was something that I, I thought was too risky. And why? Oh, It's not risky. Everyone does that. Okay. I know that I can control myself. But I've seen a lot of alcoholics. And even if I can control myself, that doesn't mean my kids can. Okay, so why didn't you just try it? Well, because if my kids ask me, have you ever, do you ever, did you ever drink? And I would say yes. And they go, oh, well, dad drank and he turned out fine, so why wouldn't I? Now, I know that's not a fine science. I'm not saying any parent that drinks is bad. I just, for me, it was something I didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to deal with children that could end up being alcoholics. And I said, the best chance I can give them to not do that is never to drink myself. Now, why did I never smoke pot? exact same reason. Do I think it's a very fascinating thing? Absolutely. Do I? Am I very curious what's, what would what, what what happen to me if I took a trip? Absolutely. But for me, I didn't ever want that to be a problem. And I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I had to develop an addictive personality. I have no idea. You know, I don't know if I had a bad day and I turned to the bottle or I turned to the substance. So now do I, now but do I believe this because my religion told me that? Mm, no, I believe it because I decided for myself. And I do trust that despite the religion's maybe some possible shortcomings it has a pretty good track record um and that was an interesting element as well so as far as my standards went i found a lot of peace in this zone where i believed in god i connected with him i'd pray every day and i would i deeply feel connection this wasn't exaggeration i would feel connection and it was just like the most beautiful feeling to finally feel like man i've got someone on my team and i've got someone who does care who is listening i don't even know what his whole intention for me is Um, but it was, it was very refreshing. And of course I borrowed from my old perspective as a member of the church, the LDS church to kind of, um, bolster that image of God. And I didn't, I didn't know for sure, but I was like, well, this is what I was taught to believe. And as far as my belief in God, that, that part is there. Um, so as far as my standards went, um, and this is something I've encouraged everybody that's going through a faith crisis. I'm like, just be careful with your standards, whatever you do, don't jump into substances. (laughs) just don't, why would you do that right off the bat? And I'm not going to judge someone if they, what, what they do again, I'm that's, that's their business. But for me again, I thought that's just, doesn't seem very wise. You had an anchor your whole life. You suddenly throw out the anchor and then you just get blown around by the wind. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Now what you choose to believe is different, but don't jump into a world you're not familiar with. And you might think, Oh, I didn't realize that you don't mix certain drugs and alcohol, right? But everyone else that was raised that way might realize that. So in other words, there's a lot of different risks that, that are just inherent with you being ignorant. And that's my big encouragement to everybody is like just don't don't fool around with stuff until you're very, 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 very sure about introducing something that could be very dangerous. And on top of that, count the cost. Now, do I judge? And this is, no, this is another little topic for me, like tattoos, the same thing. I'm like, I don't judge anybody if they want to get a tattoo. That's up to them. But understand that your brain's not developed until you're 25. At least that's what we're told, right? And then point two is often don't don't do it after traumatic experience because then that fades away and you go what on earth did i do that for that's a very similar thing when you when you have a faith crisis it's it's high trauma and as a result you're prone to make some really stupid decisions and i'm grateful that i had parents that even though it's eye eye on everything at this time it was like a lot of love and a lot of support um and my dad once told me he said just be very be very careful about whatever you decide to do be very be very deliberate and it was a good reminder for me that you have to be so careful whenever you whenever you take the largest chunk of your life and you move it away something's going to fill the gap you don't know what it is yet but something will definitely most certainly fill that gap and that's definitely and that's that's exactly what happened to me so um i go through this experience of believing in god keeping pretty high standards there were some things that's like i just don't care about right (laughs) part of lds faith as well as you don't buy things on sunday i didn't care about that you you have certain things you do on sunday certain things you don't do on sunday and for me that that radically changed now my beliefs and i tell people like hey don't don't ask me to do like lds stuff because i don't believe this and and a lot of people didn't even know anything about this at all because I kept it private. It wasn't, I wasn't out there trying to convince anyone else because, again, I wasn't confident enough in my own decision. That's something that, frankly, maybe bothers me. I, I should, I, I, I'm, I'm careful saying this because I don't know what everyone else is going through and what their experience is, but for me, I thought, I can research this for 10 years and still not, I should be very careful about opinions I throw out especially being someone who has I believe some some influence um, not over everybody but over some people I know that um, and I found this actually very quickly that people heard about my religious beliefs and like oh and immediately they just dropped it it was the weirdest thing to me and not just not immediately dropped it but it, it destroyed a lot of their loyalty towards those standards and I was like whoa, whoa, whoa okay my belief changed why are you what do you mean you're you know it was almost like they were looking for a good a good reason to drop their standards and that's part of what what has bothered me with a lot of this process is that people looked at me and and made a lot of assumptions. And people would people just said some crazy things. I mean, they're like, "Oh, so you're doing drugs now?" And I was like, "What on earth? Why? Why was? Why does that have to be the assumption that my faith changed and then I was that I was living this crazy lifestyle, um, which wasn't the case, even though I wasn't say I was living like this perfect LDS lifestyle in in every way. I still kept very high standards. Um, now the next phase, I went through another phase where I recognized that something wasn't right. And I started reading some some history from my ancestors and seeing what they sacrificed for their belief. And, I, and again, as I'd read this, I'd filter it through this understanding. Okay, this is actually pretty normal. A lot of people go through massive sacrifices for their belief. A lot of people have what we call a testimony. Um, I get that, but something in it was lingering. And I think that my connection with God allowed me to kind of say, and so I asked some hard questions for myself. I said, okay, Ronson, how much this is your pride? How much of this is a, is how much of this is that you're terrified of being wrong? and I hate to admit this guys, but the reality is I'm very, very much attached to my own like image of being right. I don't want to be a person that's a sheep, right and that's if you guys know me even at all, you'll know that about me. I don't like to be a sheep, and I felt like inside the LDS church I was being a sheep, and I began to recognize that I had so much ego attached to my belief that's why I was keeping myself in a safe spot. I could kind of like be in this little lukewarm place because frankly it's like, yeah, I can kind of play either side that I want to and always be right. And again, I was more attached to my ego and my own sense of correct thinking than I was to the truth again. it's like, okay, so the truth is still elusive for me because I'm now too afraid to even see the truth if it bit me in the face because right now I've, I've become, I've developed this new like ex-Mormon persona and people know me that way so that's what I'm starting to adopt as my belief. And it was really clouding what I was seeing. And so I began to question, okay, Brunson, what's going on here in your head? And as I connected with God and as I was trying to find peace on this, I I thought, okay, you have a lot of ego attached to this. You can't trust anything that you're feeling. And what happens if I were to totally surrender my ego, completely and entirely surrender my ego, surrender my need to be right, because I do have a need for that, surrender this need to prove myself to people that, the intellectual community that um, that I was intelligent enough to to see clearly. Um, that began to grow in my mind. Simultaneously, I had other experiences happening, um, seeing people that I deeply respected who who believed this. Again, I did it with it. It was very. I was very careful, even observing that. Going okay, they believe this, but why? And I, I wanted to know why. I started asking a lot of hard questions and I often got answers that I just thought was like, that's, I absolutely don't get that. Some people are like, oh, I just have always felt it my whole life. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't trust that a bit. <laughs> you were raised this way. Obviously, you'd feel that way if you were raised that way. That's that's your culture speaking. That's not that's not faith or that's not unique. And I, I really began this this filtering process. I went back and studied a bunch of this, um, some of the the anti-Mormon literature, you might call it, um, which a lot of it's actually just history. Some of it's complete bull crap frankly there's just not to say it's just completely garbage um famously the the ces letter which had a lot of good points in it but was inherently i thought deceitful and that that kind of actually that kind of put a big pretty sour taste in my mouth because a lot of people i know that had left their faith for that reason that was kind of like the big thing that pulled them away i was like this 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 guy is not offering an honest or or a valid explanation of things he's he's deliberately tainting the facts and it actually really bothered me. I'm like, who does this guy think he is? Like he was claiming to be some kind of saint and that he was like, oh, I'm just I'm just a true seeker and this and this. And then I write sales letters, right? I'm a marketer. I, I do online marketing. I write these kind of things. The way he wrote that was so like classic exhibit A sales letter. Um, it was actually kind of shocking. I was like, okay, that's a little weird. Like, why are you writing this like you would a sales letter? He was deliberately doing like all the main tricks that marketers do to get you to sway an opinion from one way to the other. And it all started the exact same way. I'm just a honest father anyways that's a whole that's neither here nor there if you have any questions about that just just write me because i thought the guy was full of crap so um he did he did offer some really valid points and i'm not gonna deny that and a lot of them i'm not saying about i got an explanation for but i just thought it was kind of ridiculous and that's why so a lot of the history stuff i was like i wasn't there you know what i mean and we can look through the lens all the all we want but you just have no idea and again i was looking at my own life people saw and they heard little whispers oh brunson's like not active lds or he's this ex-mormon or whatever and they'd make a lot of assumptions based on that and they'd draw conclusions and they'd connect the dots their own ways. I'm not saying a lot of people even cared that much, but some people did. And it was, I was like always shocked. I'm like, what the heck? I'd have someone tell me that. I'm like, where did you even hear that? Oh, well, so-and-so told me who told this person, who told this person's problem. I was like, what? There was like four or five people that like were I was like, why were these people talking about this? Like, what's the big deal, you know? I'm just going through my own journey right now, and everyone does. Um and so by the similar token, I looked at the LDS church history and go, like, I just don't know. And frankly, I I think that a lot of things I'm not in a hurry to figure out. Um, And a lot of people might think that's naive on my part, but I just don't care. (laughs) I really don't. I really don't. I take the best out of things and I I move on. Um, Anyways, so this is the last step of maybe my journey was I went through a full surrendering of ego. And it was kind of this day I said, okay, Brunson, like, if you're really willing to surrender, then surrender. And if you're not willing to surrender, then how can you ever trust what you're feeling? So I said, okay, if this is all, I was like, let's make the assumption this is all true just for the sake of argument, just for the sake of even appeasing my parents because they really wanted me to to find some kind of connection with this because that was their whole life. And I said, I probably owe it to myself, my family, my posterity, and my ancestors to give it an honest effort. And this time I'll do it from a perspective of not being indoctrinated because in when I grew up, there's no other option. It was just, that was, that was the way. And there wasn't an option for me. I didn't feel like. I never made the choice based on my own perspective. I made it based on what maybe even other people wanted me to believe. And this time I said, this time is different because I already know I believe this for myself or what I believe I believe for myself. And I already know that kind of maybe some of the pitfalls of believing something for other people's opinions or for other people's like desire to have other people's respect. So I decided I'm going to do a little test. And if I don't get the answers I want, then I'm going to leave it and I'm just gonna go on my own way, and um, I should, and I'm I'm actually gonna pause right here, I'm gonna back up a little bit. One of the other strange things was when I first decided I didn't believe this, I'm like, I'm gonna create my own beliefs, I'm gonna create my own scripture, I'm gonna create my own code of morals, I'm gonna create everything, and I was gonna create it all from scratch. But the problem is, as I've learned, even as well in marketing, it takes a long time to prove an idea. And I think a lot about some of these medical practices, right? I mean, how long does it take to prove a medical practice effective? Such a long, long time. Now, how long does it take to prove a lifestyle effective? Generations. It literally takes generations to prove that something works or doesn't work because you can say, oh yeah, well, it worked for me for five years or even 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, doesn't matter. You can be totally happy for 30 years and on year 40, you might reap some horrible consequences. Now, this might seem like traditional naivety to you, but for me, that really weighed in. I was like, okay, so what is the most stable path for success that i've seen historically i started looking back into my ancestors right because i had their journal entries i had what other people wrote about them i had a lot of data to work with as far as my own and again i'm working with my bloodline and and a lot of the culture that i was given anyways and again we think that we're all so unique but i really think that we're like 80 percent what we're raised as and 20 percent who we actually are at the core i think that so much of our upbringing and and our and our experiences affect us so deeply and as a result of that i said okay I've got to pull from my history, my history, not just everyone's history, but my history because that is what I was given. That's that's kind of who I am. Whether I want to be it or not, I am a smith, you know? And, and I'm half smith and half griffin and I got to find a way to like merge these two and find out who I am based on what I was given. So I started actually studying a lot back into my own history, uh, my ancestors, and I found a lot of common trends and a lot of um, commonalities. And I felt I owed it to myself to be to surrender a lot of this this um criticism for a little bit. Um lastly, this is kind of where this is going back to this point where I decided to do my own little experiment. I knew that again, if it failed, I was gonna move on my way. But I had discovered for myself, you just no one's smart enough. I, I don't care who you are, and I keep on hearing this that like, oh I don't need anyone to tell me how to live my life. And I'm like, I get that. But you're not smart enough to understand the consequences and everyone thinks they are. It's that was a big part of my ego too is I thought I I genuinely believe this. I thought I was smart enough to be able to predict consequences 50 years in advance. And that is complete just bullcrap. So, so naive on my part to believe that I could actually say, oh yeah, well I can live a lifestyle like X, Y, Z and predict with pretty good certainty how my life is going to turn out. I don't know. I mean, it's maybe maybe that's accurate for some people and you do you. But for me, I recognize that there was a lot of value in those traditional values. <laughs> a, lot, yeah, a lot of values in those traditional values because those were tested tried and true, right? Whether or not they were perfect, I'm not going to claim that they created this utopian lifestyle because they certainly don't. But I looked for the ones that had the most commonalities. And I, it's kind of like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey even wrote that that book was based on a lot of religions. He said, I, I had to make sure that each of these seven habits were identifiable in each major religion because I wanted them to be so timeless and so true that you couldn't say, oh yeah, well, worked." even if it worked for hundred years, that's not good enough. You want it to have worked for a thousand years. And then you know you're really building on a, a, a solid rock. So moving all the way back here. This is, this is the final step in my journey was this experiment. And I was very skeptical and I set up a lot of parameters for myself. I set up a lot of um, necessities. I set up a lot of things where I was like, I knew that I had to be willing to accept either answer. And I had to emotionally go there on both ends. And I did. I went, okay, let's say you accept this. What's going to happen? Here's the consequences. People are going to think that you're an idiot. You're gonna lose a lot of respect from a lot of people you care about. You're gonna have this and this and this and this happen. You're gonna have all these responsibilities thrown back on your shoulders. The guilt's gonna come back. um, And all this inadequacy is gonna come back. And I had this whole thing. I was like, okay, that's what's gonna happen if I decide this is true. If I decide this is not true, here's what's gonna happen. I went boom, 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 boom. My family might feel this way. Uh, I have my friends that think that I'm an idiot and disown me, I mean, who knows? And I went through like the worst case scenario on both sides and said, okay, emotionally okay with either one of those results and I said yes and I wanted to make sure that I was emotionally in a spot where I wasn't going to just leap to the easy conclusion because I think we do that a lot I think that I mean heck I I can't tell you how many people I've heard that like create impressions and maybe they're right but I've I've heard people like when things get really really bad oh I, I prayed and God told me it was time to leave and I'm like wait why now why when it's the hardest did you feel an impression that it's time to go why didn't it happen when you got here? When it was easier? And I've I seen this so many times. People will like kind of create impressions because, frankly, they don't really want. They need like they need a divine way to a divine scapegoat for what they're doing. And I wanted to make sure that wasn't going. And I wanted by similar token not to have that affect me. I didn't want to create my own impressions based on what was convenient or easy. So, and I make this sound like this was some grand experiment. It was actually pretty simple. But <clears throat> I surrendered that ego, and that was probably the hardest part. Was. I surrendered needing to have people like me or having people's approval or I'd gotten accolades on both sides, right? When I was LDS, I, uh, you know, before my mission, I was like this perfect LDS kid. And after I left the church, I was like this perfect, non LDS person, not like perfect, but you know I mean? I had a lot of accolades going, wow, like good for you for being able to step out of that culture. And it must've been so hard. And, and I had a lot of people that su- were trying to be very supportive and everything, but on, on, on both ends, there was, there was a price to pay. And what I went through was this little journey. And I was like, okay, what's the most basic fundamental thing that LDS people believe? And that's the Book of Mormon. And that was the goal. And I made I made kind of a deal with myself. All right, so if you're going to do this, faith is pushing a rock up a mountain. It doesn't happen passively. It's something you have to be very aggressive about. So I said, I'm going to work my A off for this and, and see what happens. And I was like, I'm going to give this maybe a few weeks to a month. I'll give it an amount of time where until I feel like I've given it a fair shot. And then after that, I just let it go. If I don't get the answer that I, I don't, if I don't get what they say is going to happen, and you know this this testimony or this feeling, then I'm just going to walk away, and I'm going to do it with peace in my heart, knowing I tried my best. If everyone else thinks that I'm an idiot, that's up to them, but I did try my best, and I give it a very honest effort, and I did what I thought was right. And um, so I do this experiment, and I start reading this the Book of Mormon, which is like the the centerpiece of LDS canon. And oddly enough, I just had my mind explode. Like it was just incredible. I I was experiencing things that I hadn't experienced in a long time. And then the weirdest thing of all happened. This is one thing that I did not understand about my own psychology. This was funny. I had boxed up a bunch of memories and that's, that's embarrassing for me to say, because I hear talk about like how I'm just very rational. Uh, Yeah, I'm not rational. The reality is that I boxed up all these memories because they were hurting me. I had memories where I saw things that could not be explained, except that there was some kind of divine something that was going on. And I'm I'm, talking—I'm not talking like random dumb stuff. I'm talking about things that, again, I'm a rational person. I don't believe half the LDS stories out there. Um, Maybe even—I'm not even that much. I don't believe ninety percent of them probably. And so for me, it takes a lot for me to be like, "Oh yeah, that totally happened," you know? Or if someone has this cool experience, I'm like, "That happened to you personally?" Oh no, it happened to my buddy. Okay, don't believe it. Like, I'm not trying to be like a naysayer. Just I'm like, I don't trust. I don't. I don't want to like use someone else's third-person anecdotal, my friend's friend's cousin's uncle heard this. I just, it's the kind of waste of my time. So, when I say that I had these experiences, these were happened on my mission, they happened before my mission. There was times that crazy things happened to me and I can sincerely tell you that there was there was no way. Like, my rational brain cannot find another explanation. And I boxed them all up and I put them in a little chest and I locked it in my brain and I pushed it in the corner because on one end, I had all this guilt, remorse, Eastern philosophy, LDS history, that was tearing me in half on one side, and then other side was this, these beliefs and these experiences that were ripping. I mean, it was it's like my it's like my soul was getting torn in half. So I had to choose one, and one of them I chose to box up and forget, and I did that. And so when I started reading the scriptures again and reading the Book of Mormon again, I had my mind. It was like it's like it gave me the key to unlock that thing, and it, it literally happened almost at once. It was like this like this explosion, and these memories came flooding back into my mind of experiences that I had and things I'd forgotten about, things I I wasn't even consciously aware of three days before it even existed. It was weird. And like if someone's been, like, oh yeah, that happened, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would have kinda of ignored it. Or I'd been like, ah oh, yeah, it was probably just some you know, uh, you know, I'd kinda of like didn't even want to finish the statement because I didn't want to have to think about something that was going to hurt me or cause me pain. And so um with that, I had a flood of memories come back and I had a lot of different things hit me all at once and I've read some really good books but i'll tell you right now nothing was affecting me like that book was at that time um i was feeling this larger than life feeling in my life i felt invincible i felt purpose that i never hadn't felt before in in years at this point and it it was deeply affecting me um and it was then i said okay this is the last step is that i'm going to embrace as, as an identity i the test to me was Pass the flying colors. I was like, there is no way. <laughs> there is no way that this happened any other way, but that this is real. And, and maybe that's just for me. I don't know. I Again, I don't care if no one else believes this. I, I sincerely mean that. I, I, I really think that I could have dang everyone I know be like, I don't believe this. I'm like, okay. I've already been there. I've already been the odd man out. I've already been the one that everyone else thought was completely nuts. Everyone I, I loved and respected thought I was crazy. I've already been there. Um, Okay. I'm happy with my belief. I'm happy believing that that the Book of Mormon is 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 inspired by God, and that's that's it. Now, do I know everything about it? Do I know the history? No. I know, there's a lot of things I can tell you right now I can't explain. All I know is that I had a profound experience with it, and that's worth something to me. It's worth a lot to me. It's worth enough for me to embrace it as a lifestyle, and that's what I've done. So I've I've since then considered myself a member of the church. Um, am I like the star? Am I am I the star member? Absolutely not. Do I still swear? Yep. Too much. Do I still do a lot of things that LDS people aren't supposed to do? Probably. But I do believe it. And um, now people ask me like, oh, like, so do you know this is true now? I was like, did you do you like know the church is true? And I was like, no, absolutely not. In fact, the church is very interesting. It's a very interesting organization and I, I respect what it does, but I don't really much care for it. Um, I like the gospel though. I like the LDS gospel. I like the Book of Mormon. I like what it teaches. And I'm, I'm very much committed to doing my part to help in any way that I can to expand that and give other people that opportunity that I was given. So um, all this coming back all the way around, I very strongly believe it, and I, I don't want it confused in anyone else's mind. And I honestly am fully willing to accept that that may not always be the case. Um, and maybe some people don't like that I say that, but sorry, <laughs> like that's the reality for me. I have gone through a, a, a really rough experience, and I've come out of it finding peace in where I'm at. And the more I go down this path, the more it has completely expanded my mind and and transformed me and made me the very, very best version of myself. And I can say that with, with a very strong confidence that the, the the LDS path has completely transformed me into the best version of Brunson. Um. I simultaneously realize that there's tons of great truth that is completely absent in the LDS faith. And I, I tap into that too, but the core and the anchor for me is, is the LDS religion. Um, that is, that's who I am. I've, I've accepted that as a, as a, even an identity. Um, and why, why, why I'm big on identities now is, is a whole different podcast maybe, but big believer that you have to attach yourself to something bigger than you. And you, you, um, hit your hit your wagon to the stars as they say and that's what i feel like i've done so um a couple of things that i want to share here not because this was tricky and even recording this i asked a lot of friends I'm like hey do you think i should even record this because i don't really want other people's opinions on i don't want i don't want their two cents about what i went through i don't want them to be like oh shame on you or like, oh, I'm surprised. You know, I, I don't know. I just, there, there's a lot of comments. I've already gotten a lot of comments and I just don't really, some of my, I'm like, I just don't really care. But a lot of it was like, I just don't think it's anyone's business to know. But then I started hearing that people were more or less using my name as a way to say, hey, the LDS e. church isn't true. I mean, Brunson doesn't believe it. And he's totally like out of that. And the more I heard that, the more it bothered me. Um, and I was just like, I that's not right i'm not i'm not going around trying to make sure everyone believes the same way i do even though i would just be thrilled if anyone has, has gone through the wonderful experience that i went through connecting with god the way that i did i would just be thrilled so if everyone, everyone wants to talk to me about it i would just love it i really would because it made me so happy and i mean that genuinely it made me so so happy and i would i just i, I couldn't be more happy if someone to have someone else go through that same beautiful experience that i had gone through um however on the flip end um, I wanted to share some tips or some things that were helpful to me. Um, and I do this with a lot of humility and uh, not at all a sense of I got this and i have got it all figured out. I just I think that at the very least, if we're going to suffer, we might as well have it mean something by sharing it, so that we we'll don't have to suffer the same way. So here's my honest opinions, and you can take it for what it's worth. If you are having a crisis of your faith number one, I would say, don't think that that makes you a bad person. And a lot of people will say that to you, but then like almost not and they're like, yeah, but make sure you come back to the right side. You know what I mean? It's almost like, it's okay to have doubts as long as you, you know, like there's always like a caveat there, but really like I I've told people, I've said this many times, if, if things are true, you don't have to, you don't have to like try to force it down your throat. It's like when you shake a you know, shake something, you know, a, a large rock in a bucket of sand, the sand floats to the, or the rock will float to the top. Um, that's the way things work. If you put ice in water, it'll splash down for a second, but eventually it rises up to the top. And that is the way I think that truth works. It takes time and sometimes you have to keep shaking the bucket for a while, but eventually the truth kind of finds its way up to the top. For me, that is what happened. I felt like I kept on shaking. I surrendered my ego. I surrendered my need to be right and I kept shaking that shaking that bucket, and eventually the truth rose to the top. So whatever you're at, I mean, I just think it doesn't really matter. The truth rises to the top, and go through your journey and enjoy the goods and the, the good and the bad of it, and and try to keep yourself sane. Tip two would be don't abandon your standards. Make sure that's the last thing to go. Abandon your faith, you know. What I mean, like your standards is what you should really hold on to because those are the things that will affect your life down the road for possibly generationally. Maybe you'll disagree with that, but. I believe you can have some fluidity with what you kind of want to believe and you can you can experiment with your beliefs and you can try to figure out what your values are, but be very, very careful whenever you um, mark yourself in any way. Whether that's the first drink of alcohol, whether that's the first time you smoke marijuana, I know that doesn't matter to I me, mean, just I'm I just I just think be very careful. Um, if you decide that's for you, you know that you're gonna get nothing but hugs from me. <laughs> I mean that. I really do. But I just I just encourage everyone to be I just encourage you if you're going through that, be just very, very wise and and as they say, ponder the path of your feet and look down the road just a little bit. And I didn't do this all the time and I wish I had. And and every time that I didn't look down the road is when I have I've had things that have hurt me the most and that have come back to bite me. And I, I'm so grateful that I had people in my life that gave me the same advice. Um, and number three, I think, is just surrender your ego and be honest with yourself. And surrendering your ego is, is a really tricky thing because <clears throat> it feels like if you let go of the steering wheel, you may not get it back. And I don't think anything good happens until you let go of the steering wheel for a second. Um, Christ said at best, lose your life and you shall save it. More or less, he said surrender. And you will find control through surrender. And if you study Eastern philosophy, it's all about surrendering to the power. You don't fight against the current, you go with the current. And you harness its power that way. I think our ego is very much the same way. When we have a strong sense of ego or a strong need to be right, it just rips us to pieces. But once we surrender that ego and we just surrender to whatever happens and we stop letting ourself be controlled by fear, um, I think great things can happen. And some people I feel like, I mean, and I don't know, I'm not here to judge how someone's people have done it, but I think a lot of people feel like, yeah, I did that and I left the church. I'm like, okay, great. And that's that's up to you. And I, I'm just here to love you. And that's it. And I mean that very sincerely. I don't I don't have any judgment for anyone that believes differently than I do. I and in fact, a lot of ways, I get it uh, more than most, maybe not more than most, but maybe more than a lot of people do. Um, and I have a lot of compassion for it as well for some people that do suffer that way. Um, no, the last thing I'll say is tips for <laughs> if you have a loved one that is going through a faith crisis, and um, Oh man, I heard some funny stuff. I heard some really funny things. People, some people, I mean, I'm not trying to call anybody out on this, but um, I love everybody, Everyone in my life. I love you whether you said mean things to me or not. I just, I love you to death, but, and I mean that. But um, don't don't tell people that they're being stupid or they're being ridiculous or they're being naive or childlike or whatever. I I think that's a pretty good slap to the face when someone is hurting so bad. And trying to do what I think is right—it was—that's that, a gnarly thing to say. Don't try to don't try to convince them through logic. Don't try to debate them on it, and just just cool the jets for a second. I I, I know I, I know from my my parents' experience, they're going, oh okay, what's what's happening here? Like, okay, this is the, and for them, I mean, you have to imagine this is your whole life, your whole culture, you believe this with all your heart, and then to have a child go and be like, yeah, I'm out of this, you know, and that that breaks apart your entire sense of family i mean the lds church believes in eternal families and to have someone say yeah i don't believe that that's them breaking that chain and it's a pretty big deal and so i get it but on the flip end just cool the jets for a second and trust if if you raise them right i think you can trust that they'll end up okay my parents were awesome and they loved me so unconditionally and i think that's a large part of why i felt like i didn't have to prove anything to them and it wasn't, you know, there were some, there were some bumps, and there were some, there were some debates, maybe, and some conversations that weren't overly pleasant. But at the end, it was, at the end, I felt nothing but love, and that is just worth its weight in gold. And I will tell you honestly, had I not felt that, I don't know if I could have, I don't know what my ego would have done. I'd been like, I'm not coming back to that because they just, they've told me, oh, you'll come crawling back, you know, like when you say something like that, that's just, that's just a dumb thing to say because then you, you involve their ego. So make it easy for whoever's you love make it easy for them to know they can just talk to you and they can come to you they can soundboard off of you and then they can say hey so I'm thinking about uh, about drinking and then rather than going hey, don't you know that, that we don't believe that, and that you know and then freaking out at them you just say okay tell me why and then you can they can soundboard 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 and if they're being wise they'll say so tell me what you think and they'll say you know hold off on that and, be, and just just wait but if you decide to, we'll love you you might just go get yourself plastered and just blackout drunk and we'll come pick you up and, <laughs> and okay that's, that's the way it'll be but um I think just being very very loving and don't try to don't, don't try to debate him on it I, I don't know maybe, maybe it's different for everybody I feel like trying to debate people on it is just a complete waste of time just love on him support him but you don't have to agree with him and I don't think I, I hate it when people were like I don't know don't don't you don't have to agree with him either and you say no I do I disagree if you want to know I disagree but I don't think any less of you you know and um, anyways those are just some of my thoughts but if you have any questions and you do want to know maybe some more details about things feel free to feel free to reach out to me um, I'm pretty open about it for the most part in a one-on-one setting this is awkward for me in, in maybe more of a public setting because you just don't know really who you're talking to you know you don't know who's going to be listening to this and and the thing about it though was in a lot of ways I don't think anyone could really hurt me and I kind of went to them like so why am I so worried about recording this podcast well a big part of it is I just felt like I was unsure what the results would be you know and I didn't want people to use it against me in any way or whatever and um, or to I don't know I didn't want it to hurt my reputation but I thought you know that's kind of stupid if someone's going to be deeply affected by this then I don't really want them to be my friend anyways I don't really need friends that sit there and point fingers so um, with that, I, I hope that my story has brought some value. If you have gone through some rough experiences, um, and I hope it gives you maybe some hope. Um, something that I do just, uh, that I've, that I've heard a lot was if you go far enough down the rabbit hole, there's no way you'd ever come back. And uh, maybe that's true, but I don't believe that. I believe you can study all the history on the planet and still not really know what happened. And you can read all the this or that, or you can study all these from philosophy or whatever. And a lot of people made some pretty strong assumptions about what I would believe. And I found that very interesting. And I think that if you're someone who thinks, Oh man, there's nobody out there that's actually gone on the rabbit hole and still believes. Well, I'm not going to say that I understand all of it. I just feel like I did go down the rabbit hole and I still feel like I, I went through a whole journey and a process and it lasted a few years and it sucked and I'm back here believing honestly, more than ever, (laughs) which is not everything, but in some things more than ever. And I feel more at peace with my religion than I ever have. And I feel more love for it and gratitude for it. And I feel closer to Christ than I ever have. And um, I feel more hope than I ever have. And it's based not so much in this, uh, is this just the way I was raised? But it's based in a sincere understanding. Um, So right or wrong, I don't know, but I, I've done the best I can and and that's kind of my my story on it. And if we're in public, don't ask me about it. Um, but if we're in private, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. Um, it's not something I generally like to discuss in a group setting, but I'd be more than happy to talk to you one-on-one about it. So um, all the best to you, to you guys and I again, I hope that this finds value and I hope more than anything that whatever you're going through that you know that um, you're loved um, and if you if you need someone to talk to, reach out to me. And with that, we'll see you on the next podcast.